Cornucopia Radio presents Welcome Welcome to the first in the series of the Bernie Clifton Podcast in the centre of Sheffield at the iconic showroom cinema. Lovely building. Uh, Iconic, ladies and gentlemen, has got many wonderful features, as indeed have my panel today. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We have a a gentleman, an all-round good egg, who has come down here. He came late, but we forgive everything because his name is Jack Lannoble. Yeah? And we have the small but beautifully marked, (laughs) (laughs) extremely successful authoress, ladies and gentlemen, and well-known Barnsley ankle biter. (laughs) Here she comes. It's Millie Johnson. And uh, we couldn't have a show like a podcast in, in Sheffield Legend without our audience. So what we did, we went around South Yorkshire and North Derbyshire and invited the, the absolute essence of the, of, the, of the people that live in this area. And I'm, I'm pleased to say, ladies and gentlemen, that none of them could get here today. <laughs> uh, but we found a, a couple of dozen people in a bus stop. Uh, give yourselves a round of applause. Would you do that? Thank you. I'm actually going to now with the with the uh, with. Uh, don't help me, Sam. I'm got doing all my own stunts, ladies and gentlemen. I'm actually going to sing a song which will illustrate the the amount of work that's gone into uh, putting this uh, Farago uh, this show together, uh, ladies and gentlemen. If you'd like to. Far, far. Give me a far. far, far, far. It's Bernie Clifton's podcast, the first one of its kind. We have lots and lots to talk about. We'll try and blow your mind. So welcome to me podcast. So glad you made it here. You look a happy audience. So give yourselves a cheer. There'll be a lot of nonsense. Not much of it makes sense. We're not here to upset you. So please don't take offense. My guests are sat and waiting and ready to push on. Jack sitting in an armchair, Millie sitting on a cushion. (laughs) The audience arrived in various ways by car, by rail and bus. Some of them turned up on foot and making quite a fuss. They staggered in exhausted and I could hear them talk. They'd seen the price at car parks and said they'd rather walk. (laughs) Now Jack came in his four before, such a clean machine. Millie doesn't need a car, she came by trampoline. (laughs) So settle down, it's time to start. If you're ready, then we'll go. So let's hear your applause for me very first podcast. Show. 
Yeah, we've. Uh, we, I'm very excited about about the podcast, especially because I've got uh, some uh, old chum. When I say old chums, uh, I've known them a long, long time, and I'd like to give a special welcome here in Sheffield at the showroom cinema to uh, Jack. Jack up your Land Rover. Give him a round of applause. Uh, Jack uh, Lan Noble is a, is a writer, is a singer, is an actor, is a musician. A proper clever clogs, if you ask me. <laughs> but Jack, uh, welcome, and uh, tell us what you're up to. Well, it's, it's a pleasure to be with you, Bernie, on this very exciting new uh, project. Um, but at, at the moment, yes, th thank you for that. <laughs> a bird coming there, all then. <laughs> no, it's... Uh, well, at the moment, Bernie, I'm just sort of... Um, getting over the, the highs of summer, but uh, straight back into uh, a few projects. And the latest one is, it's, I'm often accused of writing quite crude comedies and uh, no. adult-based humour. No. So I thought, uh, uh, so I thought I'd sort of um, book that trend, if you like. So my latest play is called The Widow's Club, and it's a very gentle comedy. It's about three women who meet... Uh, weekly at their local uh, cemetery to, to discuss life, love and all that comes in between. Uh, and uh, it's, it's, it's quite a touching piece, really. And uh, so, so we're in, in, in rehearsals for that at the moment. And that's uh, being previewed or premiered, if you like, at the Lamproom Theatre in Barnsley on the 27th and 8th of September. So it's only a very short run, two nights, see how, see how it goes down and then uh, take it from there, really. And it's called the... The Widow's Club. The Widows Club. Yes. Okay, and it's on in at the Lamp Room. Lamp Room Theatre, Bernie, on the twenty seventh and twenty eighth of September. Good, because as this show podcast is going out in twenty twenty two, we're on Broadway by then. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's lo it's lovely to see, you, and I think Jack well, deserves you, another round of applause. Yeah. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, alongside Jack, or she would be alongside if, uh, if her head would fit over the table, <laughs> we have a very successful authoress, ladies and gentlemen, and her name is Millie Johnson. Millie. Uh, Millie, I'm so thrilled that you came along today. In fact, I feel, I feel absolutely privileged, Millie. So uh, thank you. Thank you for coming along. And, and tell us what you're doing. What are you, what are you up to? Um, and as Jack said, it's always a pleasure to be in your company, Bernie. I'm delighted for this new venture and um Crawl. <laughs> I hope it goes down a bomb. You know. I um oh what am I doing? I am uh, That was the I'm, question. Oh yes, I've, I've forgotten. Uh yes, I'm I'm uh, I'm hard at work. I, I, just like Jack, I'm I'm getting over the summer now. Um I've had a lovely summer away and um I'm back um editing book 17 and I'm also um, I've also written a book of poetry, no. which is um, being released into the world in October. And, and I have a night at the lamp room where I will be just doing nothing but my own poetry. And it's for charity. It's for charity. It's is, for... Is, it, uh, is it tough uh, writing poem at, at home? It, uh, poem, poems at home? Yeah. Do you know, I, I've always loved poetry, and I, but I've, it's always been a personal thing for me. And then someone said, well, "Have you ever thought about releasing them into the wild?" Um, and I, and like a like a gorilla, and um, and which is wrong. Uh, but, <laughs> I don't know 
know where that came from. I think it's the animal print I'm wearing. I've got all, got all jungly. Um, and I, I, I thought, no, not really. And then I thought, well, I will if I do it for charity. Then it doesn't feel as me, me, me as it possibly could. So it's coming out for charity for my, my charity. is the Yorkshire Cat Rescue. So all the profit, I won't make a penny out of it. And I've had a ball writing it and working with an illustrator, and it's it's lovely. And and what, I, I, sure, be, I mean, what kind of yes. what area do you cover with your poems? You all sorts. I, I all sorts of things. You know, I've written them since when I left university, which was 150 years ago. <laughs> I've written about cats. Some are quite serious. Some are, are funny. I've written about the menopause. Some inspirational ones. So. Anything and everything. I think Jack will will um, back me on this. Oh, yeah. That sometimes the muse hits, and sometimes the muse will say, "Well, this would make a nice play. Mm. This would make a nice piece of writing. This would make a good poetry." It kind of goes into a box in your head. So I've I've been just letting my creative juices flow. Wonderful. Yeah. I've had a mop and a bucket at standby <laughs> at all times. Well, I'm I'm, I'm thrilled that you're here. I'm thrilled that you're both here. Uh, Millie Johnson and Jack Land Noble. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it's at this point where I have to call upon the keeper of the balloon of desperation. Oh, uh, uh, we have a gentleman. Would you please adopt your former role uh, that that you did for us at the um, on the on the back table? There, there are the all the tools of your trade. Could you please go? Yeah. Okay. Well, this is a this is a hushed moment, and I've just had a signal from our technical genius Peter that he's about to switch the microphones on. So thank you for your uh, contribution. Uh, what I thought we'd uh, do, though, in the uh, while, um, will you belong? Uh, good. Uh, what I thought I'd do. Um, this is a podcast, and some members. Uh, of the audience who have just been let out for the day um, may not be aware of the intricacies of a uh, podcast land. So I'm going to ask uh, uh, another, uh, uh, I don't know what to call him, call him um, his, uh, my associate, ladies and gentlemen. His name is Sam Hutchinson, and Sam is going to explain what a podcast actually is. Uh, Sam Hutchinson, please, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> A podcast, Bernie, quite simply, is a digital audio file made available on the internet for downloading to a computer or mobile device. (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, Sam, thank you for that explanation. (laughs) And now, ladies and gentlemen, it's time to introduce the balloon of desperation. Balloon of Desperation will be released into the air above uh, our audience here at the showroom cinema, and on whose head it lands will then be forced or volunteer <laughs> to take a part in the rest of the programme. Get ready, Ron, release the balloon. <laughs> well, thank you, Ron. <laughs> I'm now going to uh, I'm going to retrieve the balloon of desperation. Hang on a minute. Okay. Oh, lady on the back row. <laughs> lady on the back row. The balloon of desperation has landed on her head. Uh, Charlie, um, uh, uh, Charlie, thank you so much. What does it say on the side of the balloon of desperation? Um, it says 
hot potato, Jenny. It doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> don't say anything at all. It's a blank balloon. <laughs> Do you know what, Charlie? She's a little liar. <laughs> what, what is Charlie? A little liar. liar. What is Charlie? A, a little, little liar. liar. You little liar. <laughs> yes, Charlie. So let's let's see what exactly hot potato is. Hot potato is a, a sort of a light-hearted quiz, and we have put the panel under a certain amount of uh, pressure. So what I want you to do, panel, take it in turns. This is where you pass the hot potato from one to the other. I want you to give me the last twenty UK prime ministers in reverse chronological order. But including the current one or the last one? Well, since we came in the studio, we've had well, three extra. who knows? <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. uh, to what you, uh, in your little world, Jack Land Rover, to what you deem to be the current prime minister, yes? Yes, all right, so Boris Johnson. Boris Johnson. Millie. Theresa May. Jack. David Cameron. Millie. Gordon Brown. <gasps> Jack. Tony Blair. Millie. Harold Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> See what's happened in Millie's little world there. <laughs> she's, just, she's just got rid of 25, 30 years <laughs> of political history. I should get back to your poem if I was you know. The last one was Tony Blair. Tony Ask the audience. Major. Tony Major. <laughs> Margaret yeah. Major. Sorry? <laughs> Margaret Major. Margaret Major. Margaret Major. Yeah. Yes. It was John Major. Okay, Jack. Okay, Margaret Thatcher. Margaret Thatcher. Millie. Before Margaret Thatcher. I can't fucking Before remember. Margaret Thatcher. Can you help her, Jack? James Callahan. James Callahan. Yeah. Millie. Was it Harold Wilson? <laughs> <laughs> In future, if anybody stood for an answer, <laughs> just say Harold Wilson. <laughs> uh, no, before James Callahan was Harold Wilson. Oh, it was Harold yeah, Wilson. Yeah, just check. Well, yeah, sooner or later, it's going to yeah. be right that answer. <laughs> before Harold Wilson, uh, Edward Heath. Edward Heath. Hang on a minute. He knows them all. He does. He's yeah. very erudite. Uh, before Edward Heath. <laughs> See. Be before uh, Har Harold Wilson. <laughs> it was Harold Wilson. Uh, Jack, before Harold Wilson, it uh, wasn't Harold Wilson. No. Mary. No. Um, was it Macmillan? It wasn't. Oh. Millie? I'm going to have to tell you, it's Alec Douglas oh. Hume. Oh. Okay. Before him, then, Alec Douglas Hume. Was that Macmillan? Harold Macmillan, it was. <laughs> Millie, Macmillan. who was before Macmillan? Winston Churchill. <laughs> <laughs> Funnily enough, it, no, and it wasn't Harold Wilson. So that's... Who was it, Jack? Was it uh, Anthony Eden? Anthony Eden, yeah. And before Anthony Eden? Winston Churchill. <laughs> <laughs> uh, before Winston Churchill? Clement Attlee. No, before Winston Churchill. Oh. Yeah, it was oh. Clement Attlee, yeah. <laughs> and before Clement Attlee... Winston Churchill. <laughs> Before Winston Churchill, Jack. Uh, Neville Chamberlain. I have in my hand a piece of paper. Yeah. yeah okay. And before Neville Chamberlain, Millie. Um, <laughs> Ramsey MacDonald. 
Ramsey Mac... Uh, no, close, though. Old MacDonald? <laughs> Gordon Ramsey? <laughs> Who did you say? Gordon Ramsey? Yes. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It was Stanley Baldwin. Oh. And before Stanley Baldwin... This is the last one I've got. Jack, before Stanley Baldwin... Was that, was that Ramsey? It wasn't... Who, yeah, you did, yep. no one knows. From the audience. Uh, hang on a minute, she's Googling them. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. It was, ladies and gentlemen, Ramsey MacDonald. Yeah. Give yourselves a round of applause. <laughs> and that's, uh, that, of course, those uh, that list in reverse chronological order. Uh, we apologise for any Prime Minister that we missed, uh, but that's just at the time of recording. Of, so, of course, now that we're broadcasting, since then we've had Jeremy Corbyn, we've had Deck from Anton Deck, <laughs> and we've had Joey Essex, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so thank, give the panel a round of applause, they deserve that. And uh, staying with the theme, uh, all seven actors to have portrayed James Bond in reverse chronological order. The hot potato is going to Millie now. All seven actors. Oh, the divine Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig. Before him, Jack. Uh, Pierce Brosnan. Pierce Brosnan. Before Pierce Brosnan, Millie. Um, Harold Wilson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, was it, was it Timothy Dalton? Timothy Dalton, yeah. Before Timothy Dalton. Roger Moore. Roger Moore. Before Roger Moore, Millie? Sean Connery? No. No? Winston Churchill. Oh! <laughs> Before Roger Moore was? I think he only did one. I quite liked it? him. Was it George Lazenby? George Lazenby. Uh, and before George Lazenby, Jack? Sean Connery. Sean Connery. And before Sean Connery? Was it William Hartnell? <laughs> <laughs> no, but that was close. That was Doctor Who, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much, panel. Uh, it's time now, ladies and gentlemen, is ask uh, the audience um, that ageless question that Eric Morecambe used to ask. What do you think of it so far? Rubbish. Rubbish. Okay, that's fine. Okay, so th the idea is, and I'm, I'm going to just cut to the audience if I can, but just tell us uh, what, what's going on in your life at the moment. Put your hand up if you've got something special. A gentleman on the front row, what, what's going on? I'm just back from the Greenbelt Arts Festival in Northamptonshire. Really? And what was that all about then? Uh, a lot of it, it was about Jesus. That's a good... Uh, good reaction. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Um, we had... Um, who, who's that fella? Uh, the, the Archbishop of Canterbury was there. Oh, yeah, that fella. Yeah. Um, who else was there? Uh, ooh. Harold the, Wilson? That's it. <laughs> the Green Belt. So nothing to do with karate then? It's been going since 1974. <laughs> Haven't we all? Yeah, and I was one of the performers in 1975. Oh, get away. But I went back this time as a steward just to see what it was all about. <clears throat> Fantastic, 20,000 people. Started off with 2,000 in 1974. The Green Belt, thank you very yeah. much for that, yeah. Um, thank you, Peter. Yeah. Lady on the... Uh... Um, well, people here, they know that I've been ill for quite a, a number of years, and this year... I feel fantastic. I went to see my son in Canada for six weeks. Christmas, New Year, grandson's birthday, and I'm feeling on top four. And it's great that you're doing this. It really is. Thank you very much. Yeah, you enjoy it. Okay, panel. Yes. This quiz is called Is It a Mirror? All together, ladies and gentlemen, what's it called? 
Is it him or is it her? No, quicker. Is it him or is it her? 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 But not in that key. <laughs> okay, who is it, Millie? Okay. I can tell you this far. Mm -hmm. I'm female. Yes. And I'm dead. Ooh. Okay. It's not Harold. <laughs> um, Marilyn Monroe. No, further back than that, Jack. Further back, uh, Mary Queen of Scots. Close, Millie. Oh, really? Elizabeth I. Yes. That's, that's ridiculous. You've just ruined the quiz. <laughs> okay, next one. Let's go into animation then. All right. Oh, it's okay. animation. It's animation. It's animation. Go on. Mickey Mouse. Mickey Mouse. No, Billy. Let's call him British. 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 British cartoon. Scooby-Doo. No, it's American, isn't it? Uh, Colin British, you could say he's part of every, one's everyday life here in this country. Male. Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fictional, absolutely right. Yeah. Cartoon character. Cartoon everyday life. Everyday, everyday life, that's a major clue. Everyday life. Yeah. Everyday. And uh, there's also, he's, he's never, you, you never see him without his pet. It's not, not Bernie Winters, is it? <laughs> Bernie Winters? Snowbitch. <laughs> this, this is a cartoon animated character, a made-up character. Uh, he's a part of British every... And when I say everyday life, there's a major clue and you'll never see him with... A, he's famous for having a pet. And John Bull? Didn't. Wallace and Gromit. So Wallace. What, no, not Wallace no. and Gromit. No, but I'll tell you what, I'm going to have to give them a no. musical clue. So, I know it. Uh, he knows it, ladies and gentlemen, but he, but he can't get involved because he's from the BBC. Yes. <laughs> from the from the audience, from the audience, the ladies and gentlemen. Dennis the Menace. Dennis, it's not because he has a pet, though. That's a very good answer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but but wrong. <laughs> totally wrong. Okay, we're nearly there, though. I can feel the vibes. I can feel the information. I've heard it once from the audience. It is, of course. Oh. It's Postman Pat, ladies and gentlemen. Thank Just you very much. Thank your lack of applause yeah. indicates the success of that item. <laughs> oh, well, you're listening to Bernie Clifton's podcast, and I'm here at the Showroom Cinema in uh, Sheffield, this wonderful building, iconic building, and uh, I'm alongside uh, two very favourite guests of mine, and, of course, we've got Millie Johnson and Jack Landnoble. So, uh, Millie, this is called... Triumph and Tragedy. I want you to think, if you can, of perhaps the best and worst thing that's ever happened to you. Best thing first. Um, the the best thing that's ever happened to me. Oh, I think I think that was I think that was getting my first book deal. It has to be that moment I'd waited for all my life to hear that a publisher was going to publish my first book. That was in two thousand and four. And before that, Millie, how many failed attempts were? Was it a oh, rocky road? Oh, 15 years' worth of sending out manuscripts and being rejected. So that moment was... I didn't expect it. When it happened, it, it took me ages. I had, I had a migraine from hell because my brain just couldn't cope with it. It was, it was fantastic. Wow. It was wonderful. So, yeah, I would say that that is my... Triumph. 
Yeah. Big moment. Yeah. Sorry. Jack. Uh, how about you? How about you, Jack? Your 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 major a, a major triumph. Uh, well, uh, in can respect I just say, of, uh, apart from today. Well, <laughs> this will take some beating, I must admit. But no, in in respect to sort of professional triumphs, uh, Bernie, uh, I suppose it's it's when uh, when I got the call from uh, from Kudos uh, four years ago to go into sort of the the Premier League of pantomimes, and the last four years I've been so blessed to work in some beautiful theatres. Um, the best probably being the Bradford Alhambra, just to walk onto that majestic stage and to play to, you know, 2,000 people twice a day. It's, it's a wonderful feeling and it's a real gift. So your first, this is your first major panto? Yes. Yeah, and, and yeah. what part did you play? Uh, well, actually, to be fair, the first one, Bernie, was in Plymouth and that was, I, I played um, uh, Betty Blumenthal in Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Betty Blumenthal. She was, she was a good Jewish girl, you know. Give you a good prize for it. But no, it... Uh, <laughs> Could you give us an idea of the voice that you would use for Betty well, Blumenthal? <laughs> You've just heard it. No, no, no. <laughs> Get locked up. But no, it, it was sort of um, what it was, just, just going back to getting the call. Went down to London, and you know yourself, Michael, and, and, and Jonathan Kiley, and Nick Thomas, and what have you, Bernie. And I sort of went into this studio, rehearsal studio, not knowing anything about it, and not really doing any research. If I had, I'd have been petrified knowing who these people are and what they do in West End and Broadway and things. Just went in and did my stuff. And the biggest compliment was, it's like we've got something from the good old days back. It's, uh, how old are you? And I told him, he said, are you sure? Are you, are you not lying about your age, are you? He said, no. He said, well, it's, it's like we've got Billy Dainty and Harry Worth all rolled into one back with us. And it was such a lovely feeling. So, and that's what I do with, with my parts. And so I've done a year doing Dame, two years doing Ugly Sister. And then this year I'm in South End on Sea playing Friar Tuck in wow. Robin Hood with Diversity and uh, Kev Orkian. So, uh, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's nice not to be wearing tights this coming Christmas. <laughs> so I'd say that, Bernie, getting, getting the call and just being acknowledged, having, having my, uh, my skills for whatever they are acknowledged. And... Uh, the, uh, it, we're calling this triumph and tragedy, mm. Millie. So, what about a tragedy? What, the, what in, in, your, in your career? What was the what's on, in tragedy, your life? In, tragedy in my career. In your life, whatever. In my life, I think the worst thing that's ever happened to me, I think, was 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 losing losing my granddad. Um, he, he was he was the arty one in our family. He was a minor, um, my granddad, and, and he never really got the chance to to. Um, to show people what he could do, he, he wrote poetry and he was a lovely artist. But he he had to go down the mines, yeah. you know. And uh, and when when I when he died, uh, the the one thing he just I was in his presence one day. I'd just given birth, and and he was he just reeled off this poem he'd written about Derek Bentley. And I was holding the little my baby at the time, and I, I thought God, I wish I'd written that down. And it's gone now. It's gone because I never wrote it down. And it's, it's all died with him. And I think, you know, when you say, if you could have anybody back living or dead, I'd yeah. just like to sit there with my granddad for one day and write down all this stuff that he composed because I've got no record of it at all. He was wonderful. And there's nobody in my family that's kind of arty or into books or anything. It was him. And do you I know what, Millie? There's a, there's a lesson, though, for everybody. that yes. If you've got a talent... You should really find a way of recording it, yes, whether you, you write should. it down, whether you speak into a tape recorder or your iPhone, whatever. Yeah. So it'll be there forever and ever. Yes, because, well, you know, it, somebody, uh, uh, an expression I heard quite recently, uh, a, a phrase that said, when someone dies, a whole library is burnt. And yeah. it's true, isn't it? You know, that all that knowledge and all that 
all those gifts and all those compositions die with them unless they're recorded. And yet, with the technology we have nowadays, that should never happen, should it? It shouldn't. I think it's more likely to happen now you do, because we don't write letters. We put everything on email, and and you know we don't have big boxes of photographs like we used to do. So if something went wrong with the computer, all all those photographs will be lost. Everybody should run run off all their photographs and have a big box of Back them in their yeah. house somewhere. Yeah. Jack, what about your biggest humiliation, perhaps, apart from today? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm humiliated every day as soon as I wake up. But no, it's, um, I think there's a, there's a common thread here, Bernie, uh, because sort of my greatest uh, personal tragedy, if you like, was, was losing my own grandfather, my granddad Jack, uh, four years ago. Now, my granddad Jack was a professional wrestler. Uh, he toured the world for 30, 40 years almost, so every corner of the world you can imagine. And he was a real showman. And just not having that presence there, you know, very blessed to have video recordings and, and, and sound recordings. And he started writing his sort of memoirs, if you like, and all his memories. So you, you've got those to look at. But when that presence is, is gone, you've just got the memories to, to, to hold on to, really. Yeah. And I, I've never really got over it, if I'm honest with you. Um, I don't think I ever will, because it's, it's, it's a part of me that's missing. And in, as Millie says, when you've got that inspiration there, uh, you just do your best to, to carry on in your own way. So, and, and, and in a way, you know, it's, it's kind of, um, somebody once said to me <coughs> after, a, after a personal loss, um, you never get over it, you'll get used to it. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I always yes. think in that way, if we could only harness those memories, and I think um, I've got a kind of a way of imagining that this person with the memories is sort of on your shoulder, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That you're carrying those with you mm -hmm. for the rest of your life and in the best, you know, rose-coloured spectacles mm -hmm. that you, you remember the best of people mm -hmm. that, that you've lost. Yeah. And that in itself is a proper bonus. Mm -hmm. So uh, thank true. you for your triumphs and your tragedies. Yeah. <laughs> now... I did ask my guests uh, when they come along today if they'd do a little party piece. And uh, Jack, I know that you've got a. We're going to hear a song of yours, aren't we? Yes, I believe so. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and this is. Uh, well, I would I would have done this live, Bernie, but I uh, I couldn't be bothered. So. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, no my, my 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 guitar the, the G string snapped, unfortunately. So I. Uh, so was mine. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's, can I just say, that's, uh, that's the most feeble excuse that I've ever... <laughs> I've got my guitar here, but you're not having it. No. Uh, but, so, uh, but we are going to hear a song. Of so, yeah, so this is from sort of my musical side, the Caulfield Symphony, um, and, and this is from the, uh, the latest EP, if you like, so the, 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 especially for you, Bernie. The Caulfield Symphony. The Caulfield which Symphony. tells us a bit about this character, yeah. who is. Well, it's, it's myself and my musical partner in rhyme, if you like, Robert Cooper, is, is a freelance uh, MD, musical arranger, orchestra. He's just been in South Africa, actually, with the Barnsley Youth Choir, doing all their arrangements and what have you. Um, so we, we, we sort of create this original music and what have you together. And it's just a, it's, it's a, a nice little hobby, really, that... that you know, pays us in coffee beans and things. I'm rabbiting on now. I've lost the audience. I've lost you. I've lost you. I've lost you. Quit while I'm ahead. <laughs> uh, well, the, the one of those windows is open. We are well, on the we are on the fourth floor. <laughs> See you so, next time. So this yeah. so the title of this track is so yeah so this is defenestration. from defenestration. Yes. Yeah. 
Steve. So this is the Caulfield Symphony, and it's from our Same Old Songs EP, and it's called Dreamer's Song, and it's the opening... Uh, well, it's, it follows the overture, but we're not going to play that for you today because uh, I've not brought it. So, <laughs> so you really can't be arsed? No, no. <laughs> it's been a long summer. So let's, uh, so, so let's hear it then. When the dreamer dies, what happens to the dream? Does faith live on or simply fade away? Life is not always as it seems. Learn from the past, live for the day. For tomorrow may bring you hills to climb. And time, it marches on. Never dies the dream. 
And uh, uh, Millie, uh, yes. I, I did ask you for uh, a party piece, if you would, and you said you've got a, a wonderful anecdote, but when you've taken the swear words out, it's a one-liner. I say so. <laughs> so um, I'd love to hear your party piece, Millie Johnson. It's, it's a poem. It's a poem. Um, and it's, it's called Carpe Diem, which means seize the day. And it's about just doing, not waiting, just taking it now, having it now, living life now, right? Okay, you ready? Ahem. And I will begin. <clears throat> Don't be the one whose last words are, wish I'd acted in a play, wish I'd gone for ballet lessons, wish I'd flown a bird of prey, wish I'd done a course in Spanish, wish I'd learned to play guitar, gone to the Ritz in London just to order caviar. Wish I'd learned to dance a tango, wish I'd waved that job goodbye. Wish I'd dyed my hair bright purple when I still had air to dye. Wish I'd Eurostar to Paris, which I still weren't full of regret. That I never flew to Vegas to bet a grand on the roulette. Wish I'd thrown a lump of clay upon a potter's wheel. Wish I'd rung a big church bell, wish I'd tried a jelly deal. Wish I'd booked that flaming cruise, wish I'd bought myself that jag, or the Christian Le Boutons with the tart red matching bag. Wish I'd left me other half, the evil nasty sod, and moved into a little house with a budgie and a dog. Wish I'd gone to see me favourite group before they all retired. Wish I'd met up with old friends before they all expired. Why did I never climb K2 or snorkel in the sea? Why did I never write that book? that's stuck inside of me. Don't let fear stand in your way. Don't let self-doubts hurt you. Don't think that you're not worth it. Don't let your daring do desert you. However big, however small, a dream is still a dream. Do it before the curtain falls and life runs out of steam. A dream's born to be realised, not to rest upon a shrine. It's a fruit grown to be savoured, not to wither on the vine. Don't be the one who wishes that they'd played as hard as grafted and opened up that shop to sell the jewellery that they'd crafted or took that trip to Venice or sunbathed nude in Trinidad. <laughs> be the one that says, guess what, I chuffing did it and I'm glad. Wow. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, there you have it. This is the uh, the end as we close uh, my very first uh, podcast here at the Showroom Cinema in uh, Sheffield. An ideal venue and wonderful guest. I'm so privileged that uh, Jack and Millie, you were here for the first one. Uh, so Millie Johnson, uh, Jack Lan Noble from Cornucopia, ladies and gentlemen. We have Peter and, of course, Sam Hutchinson. Uh, give them a big round of applause for putting this in together. Oh, you want me to do a party piece? You said you had one. Ah, yeah, okay. You asked for it. Okay. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, um, some of you may uh, remember that I have a very good friend who lives in these parts. Uh, he's he's a, a musician. He's by the name of Dick Dodd. And Dick has uh, recently fell on hard times and started busking. And unfortunately, that didn't work either. So Dick went to his, his father, who breeds these little fluffy Japanese terriers, and uh, asked him, could he borrow a dog, you know, for the purpose of getting better donations, throwing money in the cap. The only dog that his dad could uh, afford to part with was a really old, smelly, past-it-sell-by-date little dog. And uh, so Dick 
took this, but it didn't quite work out. So I've written a little ballad. I might need your help because I'm not quite finished most of the couplets. So if you could help me with the last line of something. <coughs> Here we go. Tom. Now this is the story about Dick Dodd, his dog and his dad. Some of it is happy and some of it sad. isn't. <laughs> Now Dick Dodd was a busker, I always thought he was very plucky. The problem was this smelly old dog, who had only got three legs, one eye, no teeth, an answer to the name of... Uh, Rover. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, there's a musical interlude, so I'll ask you to sort of sway. Now Dick Dodd, he was a singer, but he wasn't all that bad. But the dog, it was a minger. When he got it from his dad, it was only perspiration, but it fills all with dread. But a lump came to my throat when I read this little note that said, Dick Dodd's dad's dog's dead. And I'll ask you to repeat the last. But a lump came to my throat when I read this little note that said, Now, when Dick Dodd went busking in railway stations and shopping malls, some people shouted rubbish. But some people didn't bother. <laughs> but why did they not support him, bend down, throw money into his cap? Was it because the dog was smelly or just because his act was? Wow. Yeah, that's the word I've got, yeah. <laughs> Now, Dick Dodd, he was a singer, and he wasn't all that bad. But the dog, it was a minger, when he got it from his dad. It was only perspiration, but it filled us all with dread. And a lump came to my throat when I read this little note that said, Dick Dodd, that dog dead. Last time, yeah. And a lump came to my throat when I read this little note that said, Slightly worse than the first time, don't you think? <laughs> But now our story's over because Dick Dodd has gone away. He was last seen trying to board a cross-channel ferry from Dover to France. <laughs> but all the ferries, they were full, except for one that was sailing to Zeebrugge. <laughs> And once on board, the passengers wrinkled up their noses, looked at the dog and said, what a smelly little shih tzu. <laughs> bum, 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 bum. Now, Dick Doddy was a singer, and he wasn't all that bad. But the dog, it was a minger, and when he got it from his dad, it was only perspiration, but it filled us all with dread. But a lump came to my throat when I read this little note that said, Dick Dog, 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 Dead, your turn. But a lump came to my throat when I read this little note that said, Dick Dog, Dog, Give yourselves a round of applause, and there you have it. Thank you for joining us and listening to the Bernie Clifton podcast. If you enjoyed the show, we'd really appreciate it if you could leave a star rating or comment in whatever podcast application you're using. Your feedback will really help us make everything even better. 
The show was produced for Cornucopia Radio by Bernie Clifton and Sam Hutchinson. The sound engineer was Peter Beeston. You can get even more involved with the show by visiting our webpage, where you can access all the podcast subscription links and join the Bernie Clifton Podcast fan page on Facebook. You just need to point your internet to cornucopia-radio.co.uk slash Bernie Clifton. <laughs>